there and welcome into a new installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Miller. And as always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. We have an episode today that very much speaks to that exact statement of what it means to either jumpstart or optimize your career as I welcome in Tony Davis to the show. And I'm going to give Tony... The introduction he certainly deserves here in just a moment. Before I do that, let me tell you all about career competitor coaching. If you are an individual or a representative of an organization that you feel needs to work on optimizing performance through developing their optimal self, then I am your guy to be connecting with. Please take the time to check out the website, careercompetitor.com. And if you like what you see, be sure to set up your free 30-minute consultation with me at steve at careercompetitor.com. Furthermore, you're already listening to the show, which I'm so appreciative of. But while you're here, take the time, give the show a rating, ideally if you're on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating. And I would very much appreciate it. It goes a long way to developing the growth and the awareness of the show. And again, while you're here, make sure you're subscribing and following us across all platforms and telling your friends about us as well. But for now, let's get to my guest today and that of Tony Davis. Tony today is the president of Arrowhead Leadership Incorporated, which is an authorized licensee of Crestcom International, where Tony provides solutions in leadership and management development for businesses, specifically within the Northeast Florida market. Now, Tony and I were fortunate enough to become introduced to one another through both of us appearing on the Media Mavens podcast with Sarah Miller in the last month or so. And we hit up uh, a nice connection and I actually went on Tony's podcast, the Well-Rounded Leader podcast. And now he joins me on the show today to talk about his career and very much his approach to leadership development as well. Now, as I alluded to there at the outset, this is a story where we get to cover both the notion of jumpstarting your career and also optimizing what it is you do today. Because Tony's had some transitions, he's made some decisions within his career where he felt the need to make a big change and commit to something else. And we're going to hear all about those transitions and also hear about some of the leadership development work that he's doing today, specific to that of behavioral change. And it's a topic that I feel is important for us to be discussing on the show. It's a big part of the work that I do. Obviously, it's a big part of what Tony does. And from time to time, I enjoy having like-minded people come on the show just to re-emphasize some of the great points that I know can be of impact to you, the listener, in the work that you're doing within your career and, of course, beyond that, within who you are as a person and the life that you're living as well. So without any further delay, I'd love to introduce Tony Davis to the Career Competitor Podcast and I hope you all enjoy. All right. I am excited to be returning the favor for a man whose podcast I was recently on in Tony Davis. Tony, first and foremost, we're chatting on a Monday night here. So we've had a long day. We're, our week has started. How are you doing, brother? That's right. Hey, I'm doing great, Steve. Great to, hey, returning the favor, man. This is outstanding. <laughs> and, and you're right. It is it is Monday night and being the old guy that I am it's you know it's almost my bedtime but I'm, uh, I'm found a little man. burst of energy I got a little adrenaline <laughs> you know when when you get this age now you, you start thinking Monday night well actually it is football though it is football season yeah. so the bedtimes yeah. do get extended they get yeah. extended a little bit longer on Mondays 
and on Thursdays. And my Chiefs are playing this Thursday. So mm. all is well when it when it's football season. That's and then right. it just takes you right into the holidays. That's right. That's this right. This is usually about the usually about the time that I put on about 10 pounds. <laughs> well, I know you're a big football fan, but I, I hate to say it, but you, you, you're not in football country there in Jacksonville, sadly. Simply, you know, it's, it's, it's not a franchise that has a huge amount to celebrate, uh, but it's still good to have an NFL team right there on your doorstep, huh? It is, it is good to have an NFL. Yes, uh, I am a Chiefs fan, so that does make it better. I do, I do <laughs> wish that the Jags would be good because that would be better for the city in, in general. But I will say this. We are in a University of Florida and SEC country. This is true. So while Jackson, yeah, Jacksonville itself doesn't necessarily um, you know, get too excited about the Jags, uh, they do get excited about its college football. Hmm. So. Well, that's good. Uh, that's not too different from yeah. here in Baton Rouge. So, that's right. <laughs> well, listen. I didn't actually ask you to come on and talk football as much as our listeners are like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, come on." I thought this was the football episode, but no, we're not doing that. Um, I, I, Tony, I wanted you to come on, man, because quite honestly, so much about your career, so much about what it is you're doing, especially today as well, it speaks to me, and I know it's going to speak to our listeners. In in relation to first and foremost, you've had a career where you've made some big decisions and you made some big changes. And I think that's always something that people are interested to learn more about because I don't think a day goes by where someone that listens to this show has a think about, hey, is there something I need to change? Is there something I need to do different? So what better way to talk to someone who's who's made some big decisions? But at the same time, your work that you're doing today in leadership is something that I certainly want to get to as well. So before we start talking about your career and rewinding the years too much, why don't you just fill people in on what it is you're doing today? Yeah, what, well, what I am doing today is I own a franchise called Crestcom, and uh, Crestcom is an international franchise network uh, in the area of leadership development, and Crestcom has been around for 30 years. We are in over 60 different countries, 50 U.S. markets. We have over 25,000 global company clients, and fortunately for me, I work here in Northeast Florida uh, in the Jacksonville market uh, and beyond, uh, working with companies, companies of all shapes and sizes. Uh, companies across all industries, and I'd help to transform their managers into more effective leaders through our Crestcom 12-month development program. And what's unique about Crestcom and how we do things is everything that we do from our structure uh, to our accountability meetings to our live facilitated monthly trainings, uh, it's all centered around behavior change because it really, Steve, as you know, uh, at the end of the day, if we're not getting our clients to change their behavior, you know, and, and it, this holds true for any training, you know, sales training, safety training, product training, technical training. Mm -hmm. If behavior is not being changed, we're spinning our wheels. You know, we're, we're wasting company resources. We're wasting everybody's time. So I think over the years, uh, you know, and surely, you know, certainly as I've uh, been in this, this franchise network here for the last um, almost going on a year and a half since I bought the franchise, you know, that's what I love about this uh, and uh, and how we do things is that you can see transformations in our clients' participants over the course of a twelve month period of time. Um, you know, I get compliment, I get comments all the time from business owners saying, "Hey, we put so and so in the training, and because your program is so interactive, I've been able to see a level of confidence that she didn't have before." Right. You know, and and I even heard from one participant. Uh, you know, Tony, I got to tell you, I had I had a level of anxiety 
going into your program, you know, because it is very interactive and all of my clients and their leaders to our training. Um, and, and so it is very, I facilitate the training, but it's very interactive. And he goes, that gave me a little level of anxiety until he settled in, found his comfort zone, made some relationships, started learning from each other, uh, all the other participants. And he's really, you know, again, too, found a level of confidence that he didn't have before. And, you know, as you know, from coaching your clients, it, 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 there's a level of gratitude that really, yeah. you know, that, that we feel, you know, that yeah. sense of worth, you know, it's our, it's, it's our sense of purpose mm -hmm. when we see others grow in their leadership, because we know it, it's just not, you know, within the walls of their companies, you know, that it doesn't end when they walk out that front door, it makes them better people, makes mm -hmm. them better husbands, wives, fathers, you know, mothers, whatever it may be. Um, leadership skills transfer into our, our entire walk of life, you know, and yeah. we have an opportunity to really impact everybody in our world. Absolutely. And, and for, for me, and, and we're certainly going to eventually get to this is what, where can leadership truly impact you across the board and how can it impact you across the board? And you're actually starting to, to get to that here and what you're saying in the sense of yes, the behavioral change, acknowledging that a transformation is going to take place is for me what has I've, I've enjoyed slowly learning more and more about what it is you do it, it does resonate with me it is an impact that I like to seek in the work that I do with my clients but I like that it's put out there from the very beginning because it really does set a it sets a bar it sets an expectation it's like listen if you're signing up for this we're talking about transformation we're not talking about development we're not talking about education we're talking about transformation that's a real world that's a that's a word that forces a discomfort to the point of some of those people that have come to you and said i feel anxiety i maybe am not so confident and this will hopefully make me confident like that is the beauty of words like transform is that they are powerful to force someone to say listen if i'm getting into this i i need to be prepared for what's coming Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and we, you're right. We do get out ahead of it up front. You know, we have, uh, and in fact, I had an orientation meeting today with a new client and, and two of their uh, mid to upper level managers that are going in the program. And, you know, I said, look, I'm here today in this orientation meeting, I'm to set the stage for success. Mm -hmm. And first thing we need to do is let's talk about barriers. You know, right. What is going to keep you from seeing success in this program and success is defined by behavioral change and you growing in your leadership. Because if you grow in your leadership, you're going to impact those that you lead, which in turn will impact the company's bottom line through more effective leadership. And that could, that could be impacted in, in a variety of different ways. But we talked about that. We talked about, you know, barriers. Hey, you know, we have three barriers here. It could be a habit barrier. You know, you, you could be sitting in here and going, why am I going to leadership training? You know, why, why is my management, my, 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 you know, the ownership of the company selected me to go, is there something I, I miss it? Am I doing something right. wrong? You know, I don't need this, you know, whatever it may be. Well, let's address that. Okay. Do you think you don't need it? Well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or it could be environmental barriers. It could be multitask barriers, you know, something that's going to keep you from going to, to our, um, you know, training sessions, mm -hmm. uh, but you're it. right. You know, and I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, a lot of people, in our industry in the coaching and we'll get out ahead of it like that and just right, say, Hey, exactly. look, this, this, yeah, this is what we're going after. And this is how we're going to get there. If you got any problems, if you got anything that's going to slow you down, let's talk about it right now and let's get it out in the open.
Mm-hmm. And that for for me, I always joke about that with clients all the time. Like, hey, this this is the gap right here. Where, wherever you are, where, however you arrive to this today, if you are in any way trapping yourself to this idea of hey we are going to grow we're going to move forward then there's a gap between where you are currently and where we're trying to get to and i love telling my clients like i'm going to insert myself right in that gap and you are welcome to join me whenever you whenever you want to you're welcome to join me and and so for me that's so much of what you're talking about here and it's why i've, I've slowly really enjoyed getting to know more and more about you know the work that it is you're doing but we're gonna we're gonna revisit some of this leadership discussion here in a little bit i i do really want to get to some of the transitions that that you've made specifically the the biggest transition that you've made of, of selling companies to start what it is you're doing today and everybody hears it every time i start the show you know career competitor we're, we're here to light the fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career the jumpstart part of this is really where I want to hit with you today. Talk to everybody here now about some of those, or at least that significant transformation that you made a decision, that big transition, if you will, that you decided to invest yourself into a couple of years ago. Well, it's it's funny, Stephen, if you don't mind, I'm going to back up even farther. I'm going to go back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I had a couple a couple moments um, that you're talking about. And one of them was, well, I was with Corporate America for 10 years. And I worked for a division of Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I worked in their fleet services, their fleet management division. And uh, I was with them for 10 years, had a successful career, climbed the ranks pretty well. But I relocated twice. And I was uh, at the corporate office in uh, St. Louis for about four years. Then I was transferred, promoted back out into the field. Well, I got to the point... I was making decent money, but I've relocated twice. I've got two small kids. You know, what does further advancement within the company mean? Am I going to have to do this every five years that, you know, if I want to grow within the company, am I going to have to do that? Am I going to have to uproot my family? You know, and now I'm at a point now where I have two small, two small sons. Um, so I made the decision in 2004 to quit, uh, retire whatever well retire it It was quit it was quit (laughs) retire sounds better Uh, and then start my companies Uh, my dad had just retired from delta so i called him i said hey i'm moving back to florida because we were in birmingham alabama at the time we're moving back to florida and uh, we are going to start this company called granite transformations and it was a franchise kitchen and bathroom remodeling company so in 2004 i completely separated from my cushy little corporate America gig mm-hmm. and moved the family one more time. And the last time, <laughs> the last time moved, moved it back out to the state of Florida here. And that's where we started, um, you know, the granite transformations in uh, 2004, uh, over the course of the next 17 years, I opened up a plumbing company. I got my, uh, Florida general contractors license. I opened up another bathroom company. So I had three companies going at the time. And then in February of 2021, uh, um, fortunate enough to uh, to sell th- the three businesses. And it was at that point I knew I was finished, Steve. I knew that it was time to move on. Um, there comes a point where you just you're just ready. You know, I was I was the pan the pandemic, of course. Um, it, it, it just customers were different. Everybody was different. Everybody was on edge. We all, you know, everybody knows this. Yeah. Uh, and I was feeling it and I was just tired. I, I lost a lot of energy to, to really 
keep that will to, to keep going. And so, um, I had a great broker and the timing was right. And, uh, you know, thank God for all this too, because, uh, he, you know, I think this was, you know, in his, his plan for me too. Sure. Uh, all things happened for a reason, I believe. And, and mm -hmm. so yeah, everything kind of lined up and within six or seven months we had the thing sold. And wow. so it was time. And I really didn't know at that point that I wanted to go into, um, leadership development. I had no plans. I, I, my plans were to take some time off, learn how to sleep again <laughs> and, you know, and then figure it all out. So after about three months, four months, I was, I was getting bored. And so I was just kind of tooling around on LinkedIn, just kind of, you know, looking for some opportunities and stumbled across Crestcom. And it was really everything about Crestcom, you know, there's two things I can, I can sell without ever having tried it, you know, mm -hmm. and one of them is Dramamine. I, I still had never taken a Dramamine, but we went on a deep sea uh, fishing trip and three people on the boat took it. Three people didn't. And I was the one that didn't. And the other three <laughs> were having a good old time drinking and three and the other three of us that didn't take it. So that, and then I say the same thing about Crestcom. I bought Crestcom, not because I was a customer, when I was a small business owner and had about 50 employees, it was because as I started to do my due diligence and looked into everything that it brought, it brings to the table for small businesses in the area of leadership and management development, I could definitely see the need for that when I was a business owner, because, you know, we, I would promote that next great employee into management, but that next great employee, while they might've been loyal and worked hard, um, doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to manage people. So it was that shift and that decision there. I saw that need. And I also, it was one of the aspects too, that I loved about being a small business owner was the development of people and yeah. watching some of my employees just grow in their development and be, become more mature and become, you know, really better at, at, at interpersonal and, 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 uh, you know, communications. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, it kind of, I thought catered to my strengths, which really made the decision for me. And while it was a big risk, uh, it made a decision for me to, to, you know, jump into much like that decision to leave corporate America. You just kind of, at some, you know, I guess for me, decisions like that, I've just always kind of thought it over, but I never overthought it. And then I got to a point where, you know, I could think this through, but at some point, you know, and, and there may be some leaders listening to this now, or some people listening to this now in, in a situation at some point you can overthink it to death, Yeah. but at some point you just got to make that decision, um, make a prepared decision, uh, make a planned out decision, um, make a calculated decision, but just don't wait and hope, wait and hope. Uh, for that decision or for somebody to tell you which, which direction to move, there comes a point where you just have to have to step out in faith and make that decision. Yeah. It's so funny before you, before you even said that last part there about making a decision and the way in which you almost need to make that decision Two two things I wrote down, one was open-mindedness and the other one was due diligence because there was two things there that you said as, as you were walking us through that, that story and, and the, the, your history for me, I all I heard was well, not all I heard, but what I mainly heard was someone who's truly open-minded about opportunity, knowing that listen, based on based on instinct, based on experience, based on just pure knowledge of what it is you know, 
in the world that is corporate America or the world that is small business, you knew that by remaining open-minded, opportunity was going to present itself. And at the same time, when that opportunity did, the willingness to be do, do have the due diligence to say, listen, I need to know what it is I'm considering, what I'm thinking here. And if the evidence is strong enough, go do it. And 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 that for me is what I really heard through that short four and a half minute mm-hmm. version of your <laughs> entire career is 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 exactly that is is a is a guy that when transition was something that you maybe had a feeling was necessary, you were open minded and you did your work. You did you did the background work to make sure that you were making a decision that was well thought out enough to know that hey listen. I'm not going to turn around having made this decision and be able to say the reason I got it wrong was because I didn't do the work on the front end. I didn't I wasn't educated enough on the front end. And that's what I think is so important with especially this movement if you will over the last 12 months as we talk about the great resignation and things like this. It seems to be this sort of like I don't like this, so I'm going to go do this. And it and it's very reactive when you hear a lot of these stories. And so much of what you're talking about here is Listen, I'm, I'm looking to trans. I'm looking for a transition, but I'm open-minded about it. But I'm also going to do my due diligence and make sure I'm making a decision that's thought out enough to know that I have the information that is required to make a smart decision. And so I, I love that you were able to sort of summarize it there for us. But at the same time, those those two elements came through in abundance to me each and every time you were making mm-hmm. those transitions. And I'm curious now, looking back. Do you feel as though with both of those significant transitions from corporate America to small business and small business to what you're doing now, do you feel as though you were as in control of those situations as maybe, you know, your story makes it seem as though? Or was there a little bit more, you know, just sort of let's see where this goes? Like, did that ever come in? Anxiety, did that come in? Like, how, how, much, of the, how much of those sort of things came into it? One thing I've always tried to do is if I make a decision is I don't look back. Okay, because, um, and I and I and I think if I heard your question right, maybe you're asking, did I ever have any second second thoughts? Maybe right. in a sense, I and I don't, I didn't, I not in either case. Um, and if I had, I wouldn't dwell on them. You know, there's there were times, and I'll be honest with you, with the Crestcom decision, there was there was an instance um, where very early early on in my due diligence process i said this is it this is what i want to do i want to help people grow in their leadership it's b2b sales i've done b2b sales with enterprise fleet management before i'm very comfortable i've been doing sales all my life i've been doing sales and sales management at some level for since you know my early 20s so I'm, i was comfortable with the process i was comfortable with now dealing with business owners being able to sit across from the table from them and tell them um you know hey i know what you need but i've never looked back on the decision either decision yeah. and and second guessed it and if you're making that decision it doesn't do any good to do that mm-hmm. you know you can you can analyze your decision making process and and maybe see where you could have been more thorough or, or how you could improve it for the next time that you have to make a decision but it doesn't it doesn't do anybody any good doesn't do your family any good doesn't do you your physical health your mental health your emotional well-being any good if you make a life decision and just sit there and dwell on how that was a bad decision because you have to look forward, you have to figure it out, mm-hmm. or you're just going to be miserable, and 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 you'll 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 be a wreck, and you'll be a wreck right. for everybody who comes in t- contact with you. 
And it com- it comes back to that behavioral change component too. Like there's so much of what you're talking about here is everything that you were talking about at the beginning with leadership is if if you're going to commit if you're going to commit to a transition in your professional career, then be prepared for the behavioral changes that are going to come with that in the sense of there's there's no point looking back, there's no point living with regret. All of these things are going to slowly hurt you and affect you moving forwards. Embrace the decision you know, take ownership of the decision and see the opportunity that you initially saw when you made the decision in the first place. And, you know, I think that's so much of what you're talking about. Um, so I, I love that. And I, and I want to use this as an opportunity now to very much transition into and or back into some of the leadership stuff that we were talking at the, the, the beginning, because for me, I've seen every every version good and bad of of leadership over the years as i'm sure as i'm sure you have now and something i obviously love that you mentioned there through making that decision with crestcom was that you were able to validate the need for something like this because you'd seen so many examples of where something like this could have been of benefit to an organization and so for me my thought based on the fact that this is a podcast about competitiveness I'm curious when you work with the leaders that you work with or the managers that are becoming leaders, mm-hmm. how much how much is this notion of, hey, if if we're going to develop you the leader and we're going to work on this behavioral change, how much of your role as a leader can maybe affect the competitive nature, let's say, of the organization that you're working in? How can you maybe use your leadership to elevate performance, if you will, in a way where the organization is going to benefit from, let's say, this behavioral change that you're talking about? Yeah, that that is a very good question. And and I what I do, I do love the participants that I have in my program where you can just see that competitive fire and they want to be better, um, not just, you know, be, be because they're there and, they're, and their companies are, are footing the bill and investing, but they want to be better because they want to help those you know, and pay it forward and, and help those within their, their response, you know, who they who they lead, they want them to be better too. So it's almost that competitive drive to, to make, how can I, how can I grow the team? You know, if I'm growing in my leadership by, by going through this leadership development training, how can I grow the team to be better? And it's almost that competitive fire to let this, this, this change and this behavioral change for the good permeate throughout the whole culture and that's kind of what we we try to talk about in some of our coaching and debriefing meetings from the training is is how can we you know how can we create this culture this competitive culture of of just improving the way we do things improving the strategic thinking or the innovative processes uh, thinking of you know different ways for uh, innovatively think our, our processes and and can we improve our processes and you know in a sense it's not really like it's kind of an internal fire you know it's in it's internal competition mm-hmm. um you know for me and i look back in what would drive me if i was in sales it was always how do i rank i was very competitive I, in enterprise we had uh you know i don't know how many different you know b2b salespeople located throughout the country i wasn't worried about the money if i knew i was on the top of the leaderboard i was going to be making good money right so my rookie year i was rookie of the year uh, my second year, I was in top five, and it was always that competition to, to be better, to be the best. And even now, we have rankings with our Crestcom franchises. Hmm. So I'm always every day. I look at the leaderboard. I see where I'm at. I want to make sure I'm on the 
you know, only does top 25. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm there and, and I'm climbing the ranks. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you talk about competitive fire and leaders need to have that competitive fire, it's up to each one of us to find out what that competitive fire is for us. Mm. You know, um, for some people it's being a better, uh, you know, just, just being a better coach. Uh, for some people it's, you know, I need to, to be better or I need to improve my emotional intelligence and that competitive fire can't help change behavior. And then once you accomplish that, that change of behavior, you can turn that competitive fire on to something else within your life. Mm, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, we had a significant health, uh, incident. You know, my, my, my wife came down with cancer in March, in March. Mm. And for me, my realization was, you know, first thing I need to do is make sure that I'm around to lead. Mm. So it really opened my eyes to my lifestyle. You know, I was, no, nah, I wasn't fat, but I was heavier than I should be for my frame. And I was, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself nutritionally and, and I was just kind of getting lazy with some of my lifestyle habits. So that competitive fire for me in March was, um, leadership needs to start with my self leadership and my self leadership needs to look at my entire wellness. And, and so I got in shape, I've dropped 20 LBs. Um, Good you job. know, I'm, um, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I probably don't eat as great as I should, but <laughs> I watch it during the week and the weekends. I kind of let it go a little bit, especially now that it's football season, you know, I, the wings and the beer. I mean, I got to have that, but, <laughs> right. but still, um, but still, you know, again, that became my competitive fire, mm-hmm. you know, I, I my competitive fire then centered around, um, just, you know, being the best leader I could be in that area of physical wellness. And I think that 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 changing our competitive fire and what is driving that competitive fire, it can happen. It it, it can kind of bounce from, from thing to, you know, from, from issue and improvement or behavioral change, whatever it needs to do, as long as you can create, create that fire inside to drive you and motivate you to be better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this is, you're preaching from the career competitor gospel right now, brother. This is this is good stuff. I mean, I, you know, for me, for, for, but here's the thing. You know, when I when I first started this podcast, it I alluded a lot of the time to just what is competition and, and how do we compete and how do we get ahead and how are we the best. And so much of that is framed in this sort of external sense. It's it's, it's not a lot of internal perspective when you frame it that way. And as this as the episodes have have come and gone more and more of the discussion has moved inward in, in, in terms of how we can truly compete with ourselves and, and, and optimize who it is we are to the point of where my business has been born out of so much of the the information that has been shared on the show and, and what it means to be the optimal self and you know the example of of, of something is as near and dear to you is is your wife's health to push you to aspire to to work towards your optimal self like that is that is leadership and and so so often people don't recognize that as leadership they just see that as you know behavioral change or someone trying to get better or whatever it is but they don't realize that this is a standard that someone's setting for themselves and in doing so it's an opportunity for them to set the same standard for others and that is leadership that is that is leadership almost at its at its core at its essence 
And I think so often we start to look at leaders or, or I wouldn't say we look at leaders. I think so often too many leaders themselves are so caught up in the results of their leadership that they forget to look through the very lens that is their own, the, the, themselves, and, and, and saying, hey, how, how am I ensuring that I'm taking care of number one? And maybe in doing so, maybe that's actually going to elevate my status, the impact, the impression that I'm making on those that I'm leading. And to hear this sort of story from you so close to home, I, I have to assume that then being able to reiterate this sort of thing to those that you're obviously uh, clients of yours that you're you're working with, that, that must come fairly seamless for you to, to do that. Well... I hope. I, I mean, I hope it does. Um, and I hope. I, to me, there's three types. There, there's three types of leaders. Okay, there's there's leaders that can motivate. You know, and motivate. You know, you can kind of drive behavior through. You know, maybe rewarding or maybe you know just um, through putting that carrot out there, that physical carrot. And then I think the second type of leader is an inspiring leader. Okay, an inspiring leader can maybe move people to do things through their words. Uh, or they, or they're very motivating in how they, you know, express themselves, or how they, how they talk, and how they, how they inter interact uh, with, um, you know, with with the people that they're they're dealing with and that they're responsible for. But the third one, and I think this is where you're going with this, is that is that aspiring hmm. leader, you know, and that aspiring leader is a leader that leads, and you have the ability to lead and you don't even know that you're leading because people see how you carry yourself they see how you live your life they see your executive presence your leadership presence and they watch you they try to emulate you much like our kids do much like our kids do exactly. when they look up to their dads yep. and it's it's you know now aspiring leaders are motivating leaders and inspiring leaders but they got it all they, they can do all three and I think all leaders should aspire, should desire to be an aspiring leader yeah. because then, then that's just who you are. You know, that's just in your persona. It's just, you're, you're a natural at that point. I think you're, you know, you're just a natural leader and people aspire to be like you and you don't even know the lives and the impact that you're making when you can get your leadership to that point. And I'm not saying I'm there, but I'm just saying, I think we all should shoot to be that aspiring leader because we're carrying in our, ourselves in such an authentic way mm -hmm. that people sense that and they and they just want to be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I absolutely do. And I I think as as easy as to say to you know, it's easy to say that hey, I'm I'm I might not be there, or I, I'm not saying that I'm there. Um, yeah. I think the knowledge of how to get there immediately puts you ahead of the curve. And, and you know, I think mm -hmm. just being able to acknowledge like, hey this is what an aspiring leader looks like. And I desire to aspire, you know, in, in, in that regard, as, as you were saying, and I, I think that's a great way of putting it. Because it's, it's a standard in, in so many ways, the way I sort of frame the optimal self, and it's, it's almost like a trick, a trick name, because in, in my opinion, you're never going to get there the same as perfection. I think there's something about an aspiring leader that yeah, for sure. When you see it, you know it. And I can already think of just one or two over the years that, that I've been fortunate to be around. But at the same time, I'm sure even they themselves would say that there's things that they can do better and they can work on, et cetera, et cetera. So it's another one of those terminologies, if you will, that 
in so many ways it's it's you know it, it's the holy grail can you get there yeah. if you can get there you know it's going to take a while it's going to take a lot of work it's going to take a lot of dedication um but um but the the one thing here tony that is abundantly obvious to me is that through the transitions through the impact that you're making you're in the world that you're supposed to be and and, and you're making you're you're aspiring to make the impacts that um are, are so necessary and, and will continue to be especially the more and more educated people become on the power of of leadership training and leadership development and behavioral change as you start to put as you as you were putting it then the more people are going to seek it because they're going to see the benefits of it and, and so that's that's exciting to know that that's where you're going with your business and you know i myself aspire to do similar things within my business but tony before you go man i i, I gotta touch on the podcast real quick uh yeah. the <laughs> the well-rounded leadership podcast i've been a guest i think i was episode 11 or 12 something like that excited i was really excited to join you on the show but for, for anyone listening right now if if you can't see why it's called the well-rounded leadership podcast you've probably not been paying attention because <laughs> so much <laughs> so much of what tony's talked about here already today really does sum up what what the show is about but i want you to in your own words here uh just tell us a little bit about the show yeah, I mean, to me, it, it kind of just all started, uh, you know, well-rounded leaders. I mean, I, I'm thinking about, okay, well, leadership starts with self-leadership and self-leadership is just not about leading people. It's about how we leading ourselves. And I think we, when we, when we lead ourselves, it's, it, we have to look at our wellness and, you know, the, it starts, you know, the number one thing is the number one thing. And, hmm. um, you need to make the number one thing, the number one thing. And, and we have our physical wellness, we have our mental wellness, emotional spiritual you know there's so many there's so many important factors that go into our wellness that while we do need to focus on you know our leadership skills and those soft skills or every you know the buzzwords and you know we we do need to be better as leaders but we also need to be to be very very mindful of our wellness because the stats are out there mm -hmm. the the, it, the data points are out there your ability to lead is directly tied to your physical wellness it's directly tied to your mental your emotional and your mental and emotional wellness are directly tied to your physical it all works together mm -hmm. you can't just go out there and try to learn how to be a better communicator and learn how to be a you know a more strategic thinker and ignore other facets of your life that are such an integral component to your leadership mm -hmm. um and so that's just kind of kind of how I that was the genesis of the podcast and being a well-rounded leader. I didn't know what else to call it, but hey, well-rounded <laughs> leaders, why not? You know, the word wellness and well-rounded, you know, I just kind of and you know, that's it's we talk about that, you know, we try to look yeah. at different facets of of leadership and and uh and you know, um and try to be mindful that first and foremost, if you can't lead yourself, it's going to you're going to have a hard time leading others. Yeah. 100% and it, it complements it complements this show perfectly so you're not doing there's nothing wrong in listening to this and then going and listening to an episode or two of the well-rounded leaders podcast as well uh Tony honestly man you know I, I think people can tell I, I could quite easily talk about some of these topics that we've covered here tonight uh for quite some time uh but we're gonna we're gonna stop it there and I'm gonna thank you for your time appreciate the insight I think there's plenty of stuff here from people in all different walks and different phases of their careers that who can really benefit from this content. So I really do appreciate it. Uh, all the information about Tony is going to be shared in the show notes. 
And uh, aside from that, man, like I said, I, I just really appreciate the time and thanks for joining us on the show. Steve, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, man. And uh, I look forward to, to getting to know you better and becoming uh, you know better friends and, uh, and colleagues, brother. And my thanks again to Tony for joining us on the show today. In regards to all the leadership content that you were able to hear on this episode, I hope there was something there for you specifically. If you're currently a leader, an aspiring leader, someone who has felt for a long time that you require some development with your leadership skills, I'm sure there was something within this episode that spoke to you that you can take away and try to work and implement. I want to just wrap up here with emphasizing the simplicity with which Tony utilized two specific traits in order to make transitions, significant transitions within his life as routine, let's say, as possible. He was able to remain open-minded and he did his due diligence when it came to making big decisions. I think we deal with transitions, many minor, some major, on a day-to-day basis. And so often we want to react. So often we want to just see what is immediately in front of us. Very much narrow-minded, very much with our blinders on and react in a way and make a decision that can sometimes be quite detrimental to us down the road. But the poise with which Tony made his decisions as he was deciding to transition at different points of his career is really something that I think we should all be aspiring to implement within our lives. If you are someone who's considering a big transition, look at the simplicity that Tony implemented to make those transitions within his life. Simple, yes, in terms of the approach, but the execution, not so simple, because you almost need to be disciplined to a high level to trust utilizing those two areas of open-mindedness and doing your due diligence. So I really encourage you to think, how can you be implementing this type of approach when it comes to the major decisions or even the minor decisions that you're making to either advance your career, to pivot in some way, shape, or form, whatever it may be, whatever juncture you may find yourself at, big or small, how can you incorporate this more simple approach yet massively impactful where you can make a decision and look ahead as opposed to looking back on the decision that you made. Tony's examples were all about making a decision where he could comfortably move forwards, look ahead, and feel good about the decision that he made, no matter the outcome that it may or may not have resulted in. So I wanted to just emphasize that here in closing, and just thank again Tony for his time for joining us today. And The show's not slowing down, guys. You know how I work. I'm always creating and providing more and more content with some fantastic guests i'm going to slowly start to get back to providing my own short and sweet competitive call episodes where i cover some content by myself for five or ten minutes at a time but in in the meantime until our next episode is out continue to do the great work that you're doing best of luck in all of your endeavors and i'm excited to be speaking with you all again very soon bye for now